this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Man. I mean, there was a lot stacked against them, losing starting goalie, bringing up Keith Petrozelli in the literal 11th hour after last night's game. But uh, despite all, and I mean, coming off the bad road trip, the Leafs have now won three in a row, including a back-to-back in Boston with 18 hours between games over to Carolina. Another one, the Leafs come out three to one. Woohoo! Woohoo! Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm your host, Roscoe. That wahoo you just heard was Steph the Fanalist. I'm also joined by Boehner. And uh, we're presented by Inside the Rink. Thanks for joining us, where it's never too late for the Leafs. Merch coming soon. Yeah. I keep saying that, but I swear it's been sent off. So I'm just waiting to hear back of when the stuff is live. <laughs> yeah, tonight. Oh, man, I'm so glad we got the dub. Just like we predicted last night, getting two points in Carolina, seeing Freddie Anderson in net tonight, going for his third straight win of the year. You know, not too bad, uh, like a shaky start for him as well. 894 on the year coming into tonight. But Oof. hey, I said in our chat, once that first goal goes in for the Leafs, Freddie's going to break. And thankfully, break he did. yeah, break he did. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I wasn't expecting the slow start. Well, I mean, I guess because of the, the travel and everything, but just because of how the Leafs have come out hot the last two games, I was expecting them to keep it up. But I mean, under the circumstances, I get it. It took them a little longer to get their footing. Uh, they got absolutely pounded in the first period, eh? Like, I, unfortunately, um, I'm only going off of what I saw from replays in the shot clock because I was struggling to find a working stream, which is getting harder and harder by the game because this one was blacked out here in uh, the capital city of Ottawa. Um, but, uh, yeah, first period it was 11 to 5 shots or 12 to 5 or something by the end. 11 to 4 for the Kings. 11 to 4. yeah the shot attempts were 22 for and seven for the canes as well and um it just showed like the canes were also leading five to one in takeaways but the leafs were leading in puck possession time they just couldn't get anything to the net they were great handling the puck but once the prime opportunity came up or to make that next pass to make a shot it just was not connecting whatsoever that's that's why we needed someone like Malgin, like Gino Malgin. Just he doesn't miss an opportunity to get something to the net, right? From anywhere and everywhere, he just he he listens to all those fans that are yelling from their couches, shoot, <laughs> like, and it's it's to be expected with the less than twenty four hour turnaround time, the travel, the high emotion game that probably took a lot out of them last night against the Bruins. And then you're playing a team like Carolina that is known for being able to just shut everything down. Like, yes, they're a high skill team. They have a lot of very good players on their team, but the structure that they play with, they're able to just completely control the outcome of a game. Would you say they're fast, but they can also stall things? (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was the dad here. What's with Roscoe Uh... with the dad jokes? (laughs) Cat dad jokes now. Yes, yes. (laughs) But the Canes were also a good measuring stick for the Leafs tonight. I mean, all of their stats were just behind the Bruins. They're fourth on the dot, first for goals four, just passing the Bruins after last night's loss. Um, The Leafs just brought it tonight, but that first period did not give me the sense that they were going to continue the momentum if they've gained any at all in that period. Oh, my God. It made you feel a little hopeless with the shot count. Yeah, and dad jokes aside, they assigned stall to Matthews. Every time Matthews came out, it was, all right, Jordan, you're on. And, oh, my God, talk about an effective shutdown player. Like, it, there's a very few people in this league that can make Matthews ineffective for 20 minutes, and I did not think Jordan Stahl would be one of them. But, oh, my God, he just made him absolutely useless for the period. And it was nothing that Matthews was doing wrong. He was just, like, all over him every time uh, 
the Leafs got possession of the puck. To be fair, though, I think uh, Jordan Stahl should be expected to be able to do that if Philip Deneau can do it. Yeah, but that's kind of <laughs> true. Philip Deneau is known for being a defensive minded forward. Like, I mean, that's kind of what he got his contract based on it because it wasn't his goals. That's for sure. But I mean, no, Jordan it, was, Stahl, it was the fact that they thought he could score more. Well, maybe, but that he did anyway. Yeah, and the Canes are really deep down the center. I mean, they have Sebastian Ajo, Kakinyemi, uh, Jordan Stahl, and then who's on that fourth line? Nosen, I believe. So they're just, I don't formerly. know. They, who was it, sorry? Stefan Nosen, former Leaf. Oh, yes, yep. former Leaf. Yes, I had a little glitch there. Um, but speaking of Nosen, just ready for that opportunity on their power play. Unfortunately, Justin Hall cross-checking Martin Nook. First of all, to me, I, I I only saw it quickly, but that was a really weak call. Like I think Hall barely, barely touched him. I didn't even see the cross-check on that play. But of course, Carolina uh, gets one on the power play. Yeah, this is uh, unfortunately one that I missed. I'm going to let you guys take that because it was uh, I got the stream up and I'm like, great. Leafs are getting outshot. It's one nothing. I'm glad I missed all this. <laughs> so I, I don't like I agree with you, Steph. I don't really think in the majority of games this is going to be a call. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it, it's really frustrating. The lack of inconsistent like the sorry, the lack of consistency with cross checks like yeah, okay, against the boards, behind the net, slightly dangerous, but we've all seen many, many cross-checks that were a lot worse than that one that don't get called. Yeah, what about the one on Brody a couple nights ago behind the net? Exactly. Like That was, it's, border- it's... That was almost boarding. Yeah, yeah, but the one on DeBrusque last night from Sandine, that's boarding, right? Like, Yeah, like it's it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I don't think it, it should have been a call. And I think it settled down a little bit. I don't recall there being too, too much that really got missed or got way out of hand later on in the game. But I I do agree that one should have been a call. Yeah. Um, And I mean, Steph, you you mentioned that they're deep on center, but Carolina is also pretty deep defensively, too. Like, I mean, especially adding Brent Burns in there. They've uh, they were able to really, I mean, stall things. They slowed things down for the Leafs. They didn't let anybody through that whole first period, and it took them probably, I'd say, a good ten minutes into the second before they figured out how to break through that defense. So, what do yeah. you think happened there? Uh, Burns also second uh, in the lead among all uh, sh- defender in shots. Sorry, and I thought he was cr- like really hard on the puck tonight tonight but on this play it was Nosen coming off receiving a quick break and uh, the Canes able to keeping the puck alive after Lily blocked a big shot I think it was off Burns and he was stung badly you can tell he was crouched over so he was out of position the puck goes off the back wall bounces up to Nosen and he able he's able to sneak it right behind Shalgren unfortunate it looked weak but you know what lily was hurting big time as well so the leafs were kind of caught off guard yeah <clears throat> so uh that takes us it's one nothing leafs are getting outshot uh we go into the second period what do you think the chat from keith was i mean this question gets asked on twitter from uh our friends what do you think the the message from keith in that uh that intermission was to try to turn things around it had to be. You guys got to get the puck to the net. Uh, going into the second period, only four shots on go for Toronto. Just unacceptable, especially when there was only one power play opportunity for for the Canes. It's not like this was a type of game against, for example, um, who was it? We played uh, Philly, and it took them you know, the third power play opportunity to get things going. This one was way more tight, so you pay. they make you pay on your mistakes. And I think the main thing was just getting the puck to the net and being solid on that PK because Toronto has let 8 out of 24 opportunities in on the power, play, on the power kill. So not that yeah, great. Yeah, the non-existent power kill on the, uh, the yeah. penalty kill there. So, um, I mean, just to to touch on that quick, what do you think's been missing from the penalty kill? Because that's something that was really strong last year. We lost Andre Kasha. We lost uh, 
who else was on that that's gone now? Mikheyev. Mikheyev. Um, so a couple guys gone there, but you know some new effective guys brought in. What do you think needs to happen for uh, for this to really start clicking? Confidence and pressure. Yeah, like, definitely like, confidence. Like, yeah, like with with Mikheyev and with Kasha, you just the guys were just hounds nonstop, just going, 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 right anytime the opposing team had the puck there was a player right there right away i've from what i've noticed so far this year i think they've been a little hesitant to attack and attack no that's fair um and it's like what you saw from kasha mikhaev is similar to what you see from marner on the pk but you can't put marner out there every time and you know sometimes he's the one that takes the penalty so you can't be out there for two minutes of every pk so somebody else has to pick up that slack and i think there's, um, I mean, Dennis Mulligan might be the guy to do it. I think he's kind of shown that same type of play offensively. Like you were saying, he's always taking shots, which, you know, we saw Mikheyev do for a long time before they started going in. So maybe uh, Mulligan takes over that. Yeah. And the Leafs started off the second period, you know, on the same kind of pace. And they were able to kill off another penalty after bunting slashed uh, Brett Pesci on the hands there. But it wasn't until 13 minutes into the second period where they registered their first shot on goal, totaling five throughout the entire game so far. So Keith had to make some changes. And I'm so glad he did. Yeah. So on that, it was uh, Marner with Kerfoot and Willie and then Tavares with Marner and Robertson is what I saw for part of the second period there when they hadn't gotten a goal yet. So um, that's an interesting way to line things up. It's not maybe my first pick of how I would mash things together, but I mean, it's not bad. There's really not a bad combination that you can make with these guys. That JT, Nikki, Bobby and Marner line. I really liked that one. Yeah, that's I good. They... I just don't think the top line made a lot of sense. Like Matthews with Kerfoot and uh, and Willie. I think that's a strange one. But I get giving Matthews some fast wingers. But eh. go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Melgan got a couple shifts up there as well, replacing Kerfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, Mike the Fanatic who called for that to happen. He made it. It's a uh, prediction season for Mike. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> He's been calling everything the last few games check his twitter follow mike the fanatic because he will say something on twitter and then like 20 minutes later or less it happens <laughs> the only thing that stayed together this game was that fourth line and keith trusted that fourth line enough to start them in the first uh, shift of the first period as well and good on them because honestly i think malgan had earned that spot on the top line there in the third period later on in the game and it showed like doesn't matter where you play him it seems he's hungry for the puck and he plays like a hound and he's always looking for a scoring opportunity he's not looking for that pass or whatever you can tell he's not that hesitant which is nice and while i'm shouting mike out let's uh, loop his question in here because it pertains to this conversation um where are all of you standing for the parade because the parade's back on woohoo uh (laughs) that's just you know we're all happy again no seriously the past three games have been very impressive for the blue and white also dubis needs to extend david conf yesterday he's been absolutely unreal to start the year i have to agree and uh i mean they were lucky to get him on the two year what was it 1.25 i think um they gotta they gotta lock that down i mean they've got a couple bucks free next year there's a lot of guys that aren't signed yet so I don't know. I'd make the move, try and get him on something before he uh, potentially starts breaking out more. Someone, someone like Kampf is so tricky though, because yes, he does provide the occasional offensive burst and he does actually have decent zone time when he's out there. Um, It's just his defensive ability is so beneficial and so good that it's hard I know there are analytics out there to actually, you know, put a, a legitimate value on that and a number on it, but it it's tough because you're not going to, you would feel really weird giving him six or seven million a year. Oh God, no, I'm talking, it would probably be maybe two and a half, two, seven, five, three in that range. Yeah. But then Edmonton's going to come out and offer him five and a half or six. Well, then he can go to Edmonton for five and a half or six. (laughs) 
Yeah, I really, I agree. You, we need to sign Conf ASAP. I think this year they're just seeing if he can continue his play from last year and see if he can be a consistent player and not pull the trigger too early. Um, kind of like bunting, for example, where everyone kind of expected him to pop off right from the beginning of the year, which he did get his first couple goals. And we assumed that maybe he'll play with like not as much pressure and he just feed his uh, line mates, Matthew and Marner and get that line going. But tonight, you know, he got that third line going on that Cali Yarncroke goal. Uh, he just stepped off the ice, but it was a huge play and lots of good pressure from Ingval Yarncroke Hall, which resulted in a goal. So I'm really happy about that line change later on in the second period. Killer Croc. I've just been waiting for this guy to start, you know, finding his role figuring out what he's doing here because he's got three more years to do it. (laughs) And uh, I'm glad, I'm glad he's finding some offense and uh, I know it hasn't worked for him the last couple of places and he's definitely got some internal things to get over there. So I I hope it works out for him here. I mean, what's that? A second goal. It was his third goal. Third. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. And right after that period ended, I mean, one minute left in the period, they gave Malgin the shift with Matthews and Nylander. And then, of course, showing me the little uh, stat there that Carolina's four zero and one uh, after two (laughs) and win tied. So, of course, the demons are running through your mind. But hey, going into the third period, it was so nice getting that next goal from JT. Yeah, um, just real quick, something I remembered as I got a reply on Twitter here. I was watching the ESPN feed because uh, <clears throat> stream. There were moving ads again on the boards. What is with yeah. that? Like literal pucks too. moving across and like a car going. And I'm like, what? I thought I thought we weren't going to do this. I thought when it got called out, they were like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, you know, we're 12 to 13 games, 14 games, depending on what team you are like. Can we start figuring this out, please? I don't like it. As silly as also, it sounds. The other, just the last thing for last night in with the Leafs doing the hockey fights cancer and having all the boards specifically colored pink and on TV, they're all blasted over with digital logos. That was kind of annoying. I was like, they're making a point about tonight and you are covering up all of their logos that are specifically branded for hockey fights cancer. No, that's a very valid point. Um, I to as silly as it may sound, honestly, I think it's the Canadian feeds that have cut back on the moving boards during the play because I think it's probably been us Canadians <laughs> complaining about it That's more fair. than the Americans, right? Like I don't recall seeing it, it. It hasn't been as bad on the TSN and the Sportsnet feeds since the beginning of the season. Aside from having to actually physically adjust the contrast on my TV last night from Sportsnet, not knowing what they're doing, but <laughs> that was okay. no CBC, isn't it? Well, Sportsnet, last it's night? it's Hockey Night in Canada, but it's still Sportsnet. Okay, well, I find anytime it's a CBC feed that I'm watching, it's always like the whites are just blown out, and with the ice, it's like oh, blinding. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, back to the game. End of the second period. Steph, you can take it because I'm a little thrown off here because of my tangent. End of the (laughs) second. uh, All that happened was just uh, giving Malgin that first opportunity with Matthews and Nylander, like I said earlier. And, you know, surprisingly this game, Matthews did not register a shot on goal. And it's his sixth game in his NHL career that he has not registered a shot on goal. So that tells you how many times he was missing tonight. And even Nylander, I mean, he did score later on, but there was a point in the second period where I was like, no, wide of the net. Of course, like guys, hit the net, please. It's funny on the ESPN feed they were saying the same about Carolina. They're like, "Man, the Hurricanes have missed the net a lot tonight." Have you noticed that? <laughs> it's like, wow, calling out your own team. I love it. But uh, yeah, I think both teams were pretty unlucky there, which is great because um, Shalgren. I think what was it twenty. 20- when I checked, it was 28 shots. I don't know what it finished with for Carolina, but he stopped, I don't know, around 30. They finished with 30 on goal, yeah. 
So he stopped 29. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 967 tonight. I mean, he really earned that win. And uh, the third period was no joke either. Uh, Started off four minutes without a whistle. The Leafs kind of hemmed into their own zone. And a little bit of a scare, too, after Kakinami's shot goes off the crossbar straight down in front of Shalgren. And everyone was just like, panic, panic. Oh, my God. But luckily, he did save it. So. Yeah, a couple little scrambles I thought were going to get away from him there. But uh, I think everybody has been protecting him well. Um, <clears throat> Justin Hall had a good game. I'll give it to him. Uh, yes. On that second goal, uh, sorry, not that one. The, the first one, the Yarncroke goal, I mentioned on Twitter, Engvall and Hall and um, who else was out there? Oh, I forget who else it was with them. But anyway, everybody else. There? Bunting, duh. Yeah, so they all, um, assist or not, did a great job on that line of keeping the pressure up, like for being the fourth line that kind of have been underperforming of late, especially with Engvall and Hall kind of being the whipping boys of of the media lately. So uh, it was nice to see them putting an effort for a whole shift and, and keeping the puck in there and not just trying to freeze the play or, or let the first line come out. So good for them. So earlier, Sheldon Keefe said there is a game time decision and people kind of speculated, oh, my God, is Samsonov coming back? But no, of course not. Uh, he's traveling. So maybe there was something up with the goalies. Actually, Pontus Holmberg was on the ice for warm-ups. So I think it was between him and Ingvall to be slotted in tonight. And the warm-up mm-hmm. was the the thing to, to say so for Keefe. I don't know. That's got to be tough to pick which guy plays off the warm-up. Like, oh, man. Um, but I'm, I don't know if I'm glad, like Engvold played well, but I, I have liked what I've seen from Holmberg. So I don't know. Yeah. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's the third, fourth line. So whatever. Um, I think we can all third, agree though. that. I think we can all agree that Nikki Bobby needs to stay in the lineup though. Oh, Hondo. Like I, and, um, I know I just mentioned yesterday, like on the episode <laughs> yesterday that maybe if you're not going to play him, maybe he's part of a package, but I don't want to lose him, but unless you're using him and pairing him with JT or Matthews or someone like that, then you're wasting him. Like, yeah, e- e- even though, sorry, well, one sorry, last thing go, here. even on. though Keith and everyone have been saying, you know, they want to see a little bit more. They want to see a little bit more. He's still scoring. He's still getting points for them. Like, even if you're thinking he's not playing that great. He's played, what, five? He's played seven games, and he's got seven points for them. Or seven games and five points, sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty good numbers. And um, just to kind of echo a conversation I was listening to on the uh, Dangle podcast, it's not good to have him scratched. Like, if you're not going to use him, send him down to the AHL. Like, they risk turning him into, like Steve said, just an average player. So I think the only way that you avoid that is, like you said, you keep him in the lineup, keep him on the second line as much as you can. Um, or if it means like juggling lines around mid-game and you're moving him between second and third, like, I don't know. You just got to keep giving him the minutes and uh, and getting him the time because, man, the potential is there. It's just, uh, it's hard to, to get, like we've always said, it's hard to get somebody like that in the lineup when you've got, you know, high mm-hmm. expectations and some already established guys up front. I think you got to keep Malgin and Kurt and uh, Robertson into the lineup. Uh, if you want these guys to continuously gel and find the chemistry with their line mates, just like Malgin has been doing these last three games on the fourth line, you have right. to keep both of them in. Yeah. And unless there's some sort of injury or you're up against a Winnipeg type team, like, you know, that's what you're saving Simmons for. I think that's kind of where they're at now. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, you've lost Abe Kubel. You know, the, the list is getting shorter. And you know what? Good thing, because we wouldn't be able to sign uh, Keith today, Keith Petruzzelli. So like Dangle even said, it was a blessing in disguise that way. And the Leafs just needed the contract slot. But Robertson, you know, he he showed out tonight uh, before the Tavares goal. There was a good two-on-one opportunity, I believe, with Marner where he tried to pull the puck around it to his backhand and it just slipped off his stick. But he's, he's been doing well. I mean, the 
the opportunities are there. It's just up to him to show out. And clearly he puts the effort in. I mean, this is one guy who does not look like he slacks on the ice. No. Um, but let's go to the JT goal. Oh, my God. That pass from Marner. I can't like he's been a little, you know, how do I put it? Less pl- not playoff engaged in the regular season is the nicest way I'll put it. But for him to not give up on this and and try to glide through three guys with one hand on a stick and maintain control of the puck there to give it over to JT. Like that's the Marner that you like to see. That but, you little... know, it's not secondary assist Marner that we've seen the last two nights. It was still good Marner. One... It's just not bad. Yeah, that little one-handed dangle to who did he deke there? Slavin? Slavin. Like, that's the that, that's the kind of thing that, you know, I do to my son when we're out there practicing his ball hockey. So me against six year olds. <laughs> like that he's just so nonchalantly one handed. Whoop, we got it. And then yeah, he that's that's the Marner that we need to come back full time. Yeah, the magician back in action. I mean, this play started from JT actually stripping the puck off the wall at the Leafs blue line and passing it up to Robertson, you know, Marner going in. Slavin actually got the stick on the puck, so that's why it kind of came out. But Marner, like we said, his hands hands are great enough to keep control and feed JT right into the slot. Oh, my God. I love seeing JT just scoring like down on one knee right in the slot. So nice. And you called it, you know, once Freddie lets a couple in, lets one in, you know, bad one, then another bad one. Cause uh, not that Willie's breakaway wasn't fun to watch, but oh my God, he should have had that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good on Kerfoot for breaking that play up and Matthew just getting it up, but, and Nylander not, giving up on the puck and not dumping it down the ice oh my god pickpocketing Slavin once again Freddie I miss you but I don't at the same time I mean I always want you to do well but just not against the Leafs so yeah should have had that one bud but uh Willie Styles keeping it up and like you said it's it's the effort that you like to see and that was the one thing that we win or lose asked of this team this weekend was it's going to be a tough back-to-back just show some effort and they showed some effort and they won both games look at that and uh people are going to say oh yeah well they're going to show up against good teams we'll see how it is you know they've got a lot of good teams ahead i don't think they have a really weak one until vancouver on was it friday so Mm -hmm. well and pittsburgh hasn't really been playing the greatest either yeah that's the one that i struggle to say whether they're good or bad because like they should be better than they are. They have skilled players. It's just they're not playing well. So I don't know. It's it's tough to say how the Leafs are going to play to them because it's more, I feel like the Leafs are more ba- playing based on the expectation of the team versus how the team is actually performing. If that makes sense. No, that's fair. Rangers dropping the game tonight in overtime against Detroit. I believe the Kraken Oof. are in a big losing streak as well. Um, I, you know, I was looking at uh, Colorado's goaltending situation on fantasy, and uh, Fran Kuz doesn't have a lot of dubs, so I'm wondering what their records like as well. <laughs> their goalie uh, stats were not good, but it's a trend. Oh, George, can I think George has been getting a- most of those starts? Okay. Can we spend a quick second on the uh oh I gotta do the thing now. I gotta do the thing. Where's the thing? Do the thing. <laughs> so we're half an hour in here and here he makes his from the basement appearance. It's y'all's favorite, named after Golden Legend, Dirty Broder. You guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Hello, welcome for okay. welcome back. Good to have you. You know, I didn't uh, want to leave you guys having all the fun. I've been. Uh, this was such a great game that I kind of took some time off and, <laughs> and went to do some chores. All right, and then I realized chores. by the time it was over, you know, you know what happens? Like, is anybody else like messed up with this hour? Like, we got our hour back, but also like kind of messed up your schedule a little bit, does it not? Get our hour back and a game at five p.m. It's so weird. Yep. So weird. I'm not going to lie, Dirty. Real quick. Go ahead. Sorry, Johnny. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go. Do your thing because I was going to say what I was going to say before you came in. 
uh, I was just gonna, I, I, I was wondering if maybe you were taking a break from tonight because Marty just filled you with too much positivity that you had to just step away. <laughs> <laughs> Marty is like, he's like, he's like Lionheart from the Care Bears, all right? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he just has so much love for this team. There's a couple other fellas out there too. It's, you know, just, just because I shit on these guys sometimes doesn't mean I don't love this team. I think there's like, there's the Twitter's out there with the, uh, you know, it's all, it's all black and white on Twitter. There's no, there's no shades of gray ever. You're not allowed to have a shade of gray. No gray people, right? That's it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, so Darty, we were just talking about some uh, some stuff going on around the league, and um, did y'all see... good news or bad news? Uh, we're going into a bad one. Did y'all see how the Vancouver Canucks managed to blow another three goal lead, three nothing? They were up over Nashville, and mm. it goes into the shootout, and all Bo Horvat had to do—I mean, not that it's easy—but all he had to do was score to keep this alive. And he approaches oh. the net and about, I don't know, the middle mark between the dots. I uh, forget something behind him and it's the puck. And <laughs> what a anticlimactic way to lose a game. And after you blow a three, nothing lead too. And it was like, Oh, he lost the puck. And that's, that's the game. That that's it. That's one of those, uh, those huh? moments <laughs> <laughs> like Tim, the tool man, Taylor. Huh? Speaking on that, uh, one person reached out to him on Instagram saying, man, what the fuck was that shot tonight? I lost 9150 because of that. Think you can e-transfer me that back, pal? And Bo Horvat <laughs> actually responded and said, send me your info. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I actually feel bad about that. <laughs> so good. So good. <sighs> Okay. Well, he's probably out having like a, you know, $200 dinner after that to drown his sorrows. So I'm sure like, you know, 96 bucks is just a tip, right? <laughs> I don't think he minds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go to a question here from uh, our Discord. This is from Scott. Uh, how many games do you think the Leafs could go without Murray and Sammy? How does Dubas get a trade done? Uh, assumes they aren't back for weeks. Thanks. How long do I think they can go? Um, I don't know. I don't want to see them go farther than this weekend, but it seems like they might be. Yeah, they're one injury away from having Keith Petrozelli as a starter, so I really hope not too long. I mean, I want to put all my faith in baby goalie, and I don't know. This makes me think, like, when is everyone going to start applauding Curtis Sanford and make, like, <laughs> is this noticeable now because Steve Breer is not a part of the organization? Like, the Leafs are, what, fourth overall now in goals against? Uh, is the work showing? I mean, just to what you started on there, Petrozelli probably will start a game because we've got another back-to-back Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I assume he plays the Vancouver game, which is just going to be interesting to say the least. Uh, but it, we've heard it could be another week. Uh, it's supposed to be another week on Matt Murray. Hopefully it's not longer. It might be. Um, and the weak injury on Samson obviously seems like it might be longer. So mm. maybe at the max, we're looking at two weeks without either of these guys back, but then it seems like they could both be back. So we go from, you know, almost total disaster to, you know, nature is healing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of unsaid things because literally yesterday, no one knew. Keith didn't even know if Murray would be available for a couple weeks. And now we just got news that Murray is joining the team on Tuesday for practice. So that is good news. Okay. Okay. So maybe he comes back by Friday and we don't see Petrozelli play. But yeah. hey, Prince Eric, we got to, we got to, you know what? Good for him. Yay. great for him nine six seven that's wild yeah. that's exactly what we'd like to see that's his first win per on the season isn't it uh yes, for this season yeah per personally i want to see petro get into a game like the kid is six foot six he's got a lot of potential he's been a good goalie wherever he's gone why not pull the darty and you know just see what we have with these kids. 
What I worry about is if still... he gets. I was just if he say, gets lit still up, scarred then... from preseason. Sorry. <laughs> well, there's that. But I'm, I'm just glad it's not me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, if he gets lit up, I don't want to like kill this kid's confidence. You know, if he thinks, oh, they're calling me up, this might be my shot. I think I can do this. My numbers have been good this year. And Elias Patterson and Bo Horvat just scored five goals on me. I don't, I don't think I'm ready for this. Like, I don't want that mental gymnastics for him in the next week where he has to figure out whether this is like an opportunity to shine or it's like, please, please, please don't put me in. So, but Johnny, it's, it's a lot easier to stop the puck when they can't figure out how to bring it with them. Right. So (laughs) the the thing with, with them is they're still scoring goals. They're just also letting a bunch in like Demko's save percentage is like an eight seventy something or eight sixty something. And they keep blowing leads. Like they're getting leads. They're going up by multiple goals. So, I mean, I'm not saying the Leafs can uh, would lose to them because they can probably outscore any problem there against uh, a weak defensive team like Vancouver. But, you know, even if they win 7-5, like that's not good for Petrozelli. Yeah. But you know, you know what, uh, Johnny? The, the stars are aligning. And so you know that all signs point to this being a, a loss for the Leafs. If it wasn't for the fact that the Canucks are absolutely miserable tier right now, it's like it's it's a game that the Leafs are meant to lose. You know what I mean? It's just like tell me I'm wrong. Like it's just oh, it is. we've seen it time and time again. So I'm really hoping that this is you know this is the train and you know and it's just it's plowing its way through to to the end of November. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Well, if we're it's- talking about the train, let's talk about the next stop. Then uh, we're going to Vegas, where uh, or they're coming here, I guess, because we already went there. So Vegas comes back to Toronto, and the Leafs go back home. Um, What's that Wednesday night? I think uh, last time Tuesday. was not Tuesday. Okay, cool. Even sooner. Last Tuesday. time was not so nice, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, what do we think happens this time? The Leafs are on a bit of a uh, an upswing. They're playing well against good teams, but you've got uh, probably Logan Thompson in net, who's been unbelievable for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the next three years. I might add. Yeah, I feel like Aiden Hill's also been doing good too, right, Steph? Yes, okay. Aiden Hill is five zero and zero on the season with the nine twenty five. Logan Thompson is six two and zero with the nine thirty four and two shutouts. Uh, Vegas is they're on a better start than their opening uh, year, their first year in franchise history. So that's telling you a lot because they started off super hot when they entered the league. Um, yeah, the cheapest goalie tandem performing the best in the league right now. So annoying. But of course now they would this... get that. The team that spends like <laughs> 10, 20 million dollars over the cap on a couple forwards and gets like people that oh, is this person available? The Vegas Golden Knights are in on them. And they get they strike gold on two goalies. Like I hate this. Yeah. And they First have Robin overall. Leonard in the cryo chamber. Yeah. yeah. First overall goals against average, man. Like I hope the Leafs play <laughs> solid against them. I mean, the top two lines are performing right now, but it's just getting goalied and hoping that Prince Eric stays solid as well and the Leafs play well in front of him. Yeah, it's you have to weigh out the ratio between they're a good team so the Leafs will play to their level and are there too many ex-Leafs on the team to beat? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think because we already lost to them and we lost with the the idea that Vegas was a, a mid-tier team and now that they're actually a pretty solid, you know, both of their attendees are on fire. Like, unless Vegas decides to bring in a third, you know, a third stringer to come play us in net that we haven't heard of yet, I feel like because the Leafs now know, oh, shit, this is actually a good team, there's a, there's a really solid chance they're going to come out swinging. And we're at home, right? And, they, you know, there's nothing more embarrassing than losing, losing at home. Um to a team that we've already lost to kind of in an embarrassing fashion. So it'd be nice to, to smoke them out a little bit, you know, like show them that, Hey, like that was just, a, that was just a test. Especially with yeah. Castle on the other side at home. Like his welcome back to Toronto is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Do you think he gets now, booed? <laughs> no, nah. no. I think hot dogs, someone will throw hot dogs on the ice. Oh, that's probably <laughs> more likely. To be honest, now, they'll probably the- do a little video for him. Like for, yeah. you know, reaching the Iron Man streak, you know, get a little bit of an ovation. 
That's true. And did he reach his, uh, what was it, 400 goal mark? I'm sure he has since that. He Leaf did, game. yeah. Against yes. San Jose so after the Leaf game. Yeah, so they'll probably shout him out for that. Yeah. And what's the common denominator here with these uh, surprisingly like uh, mid-tier teams doing super well to start off the season like Vegas we had Boston who kind of you know they weren't we thought of them you know playoff fringe right like we didn't expect this band back togetherness to actually start off hot and even in Philly but they're selling out that reunion tour these teams have new coaches as well and they have something to prove like they are really trying to i don't know just break some records here it seems except for poor bonus in in uh winnipeg with with the COVID thing i i feel bad for him but these other guys they're doing really well to start off the season so it makes me wonder like bean said uh, in our group chat and before, you know, DJ Smith and the Ottawa Senators, you know, predicting he will be the first coach fired. Um, this is just on my mind because the T- TSN or ESPN, uh, whatever it was, intermission, you know what they were talking about? Oh, is Sheldon Keefe going to get fired? Guys, come no, on. Oh, my God. It, they, did you listen to the whole conversation, though? To be fair, they were more just kind of like talking about the fact that it was a talking point more than they were actually like it was like because it's you know the week's week thing like it's kevin weeks recapping the week of stuff so he was just more talking about like you know yeah is this bringing it up for the sake of conversation more than saying like they should was at least what i got from it i was just i don't know next sort of thing get keith's name out your damn mouth all right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> i think if anybody um should be questioning their coaching situation right now it would be the st louis blues like talk about an underperforming team they're in last place in their in the central division they're three six and oh that's like, what i mean 35 right? goals against and 21 four like they're not they're on a six game losing streak like you don't talk about a coach getting fired jesus well, Arm- Armstrong's already come out and said that um, Berube doesn't have to worry about his job, that it's on the players. So that's your your check in that bingo card for the coach getting the vote okay. of confidence when those things are going wrong. Okay. Hmm. But I that, mean, that normally happens, what, two, three weeks before the coach gets fired? <laughs> <laughs> did you see what Benner did in the, uh, the St. Louis uh, Islanders game? No. What, when he ran I, into I heard about um, this on... Sorokin? No, what he did to Anders Lee, I heard about this on Dangle Show. I had to go and watch it. So uh, Anders Lee was in a fight with somebody. Uh, I forget who it was. Like literally like in the middle of a fight. And Bennington came up behind him and like put his stick in between Anders Lee's legs. Like <laughs> tapped him on the cup with his goal stick <laughs> in the middle of a fight. Wow. Like, and the ref pulled him out and was like, what are you doing? Stop it, Jordan. Like, go over there. And everyone's like, um, not stop it, Jordan. That's a third man in. That's a fine. Like, come on. Why does yeah. nothing apply to this guy? He's going to keep doing dumb shit if we don't hold him accountable. Oh, man. The bottle man. It's a right? liability. It's just Ugh. a liability, man. But, uh. Oh, my God, Jordan. Jordan, see Jordan, the, Jordan. Uh, Outcome, uh, we we learned that the hit on Petran- Petandrio from last night, uh, that's a two-game suspension. Who was that again, Beaner? Uh, the boarding call, I think Josh Anderson. Yeah, Josh yeah, Anderson Josh and Matt Anderson. got a two-game suspension for a high stick today. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you see that video from Kachuk? Yeah. Oh, my What God. a dirty little rat. <laughs> yeah, it was on like, Jonathan yeah. Quick. Quick is down. On his knees, and both his hands are down covering the puck. And Kachuk is just standing there, and he purposefully turns and tilts the toe of his blade to stick it in the eye hole of Quick's mask. Purposefully. He knew what he was doing. Those Kachuks. He is so nonchalant, too, like looking the opposite way, just thinking it was an accident. No, he knew what he was doing. And I found out what his drag name is today, actually. Uh, his drag name would be Misconduct. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Sounds I like know. uh sounds like a product of Acon Convict. Acon Convict. I do gotta say, if we go back to the Leafs, I gotta give a shout out to Dennis the Menace Malgan because Dennis he led the, the team menace. tonight with five shots on goal and very noticeable all around the ice. Uh, I think the right choice is to keep, obviously it's Yarncrog because of that four-year deal, but Malgan has been really playing his way to stay into this lineup and thank God for them tonight because we needed guys like that to break the ice and set up those plays. Yeah, he's uh, he's stone hands of this season. So if he keeps shooting like this, I say by January, February, all of a sudden he pops off and he'll finish the season with like 16 goals or something. Yeah. And you got to think like anything can happen, right, in the next couple of months. These guys playing well, sometimes it, it, it may mean a ticket out of here, right? It kind of sucks, but like we, you never know when we may need to include one of these, you know, fine young gentlemen in a trade for something that brings us over the top. Right, you, you, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't even have our all of our goaltenders right now, right? So it's not like I'm saying this like, oh, I want to ship these guys out of town. But I am saying when they play well, it benefits us in case we get into a jam, right? Especially yeah. that all these guys are on one year deals for the most part, outside of you know one or two of them. Uh, they're easy to move. They're on cheap deals, and you know, with half the season left, you can just send them anywhere, and then they go to free agency. It's a really low commitment trade for a lot of teams to make. Yeah, and when you have a team really honing in on your first line center like Jordan Stahl tonight, you need your bottom six to six to make an impact because without that line, those line changes tonight from Keith, who knows if the Leafs would have won this game? Uh, just playing to your matchup and you know working accordingly because uh, yeah, it worked. And I'm glad maybe he read Twitter, everyone yelling like, put Matthews with Nylander, put JT with Marner. He's like, guys, one sec. Let me just check on intermission, see what the, what the fans well, have to say. <laughs> you know, and, and good on him too, because like, yeah, you see two different instances of two different, almost two different coaching styles back to back. Like last night, we played a great game, probably the most complete game they played all season. And essentially, he stuck with the lines throughout the entire night. He didn't change anything. Tonight, he mm -hmm. noticed right away it wasn't working. He got them in the blender, and he kept moving it around until he found something that clicked. Like, this wasn't a Babcock where he stuck with the same lines because that's what he's going to do. Like, he yeah. actually shown that there's some, there's some growth there, and there's some understanding that, hey, you know what? This isn't working. I need to make a change before we lose this. Gotta make a change. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Michael a good Jackson, point. I think. <laughs> it's a good point because Babcock was infamous for, you know, he'd find something that works one game and then run it back for like seven and then be like, guys, this didn't work for the last five. What are you doing? But especially on a back to back, it's really easy to just run it back and uh, run the same thing that worked last night. And um, I'm glad, like you said, that he um, was aware enough to see, hey, it's not working. Tell the guys, hey, wake up, don't get comfortable, and move them all around. And I'm glad that he spooky. set his uh, lineup <laughs> tonight as well, and not just putting the same thing back to back, putting Simmer back in. I mean, I love you, Simmons, but we needed that speed on the roster tonight. And yeah, I'm so glad that he listened and worked it accordingly. But hey, off to Tuesday, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, eleven and two to start the season, like we've said. So. Holy, yes, VGK all day. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, uh, I guess we'll do it a little shorter tonight because we just did an episode last night. And we talked about a bunch. Um, is there anything that we didn't cover? I mean. One thing that I wish we talked about last night because it was the hockey fights cancer was uh, the fact that the team made a uh, a point to shout out Rodion Amirov because they've all been playing, you know, with obviously their own family members and people affected by by cancer um, playing for them. But uh, they've also got a teammate who's affected by this. So, yeah, just well, wanted mm -hmm. to make sure we mention that. Not only Rodion, too, like we're all very critical of some of the talking heads with mainstream media for both Sportsnet and TSN. Like I have been outwardly critical towards O'Neill, towards Koliakovo, towards a lot of them. Um, shout out to Carlo, because 
that's what a lot of people don't really realize as well. His young son, like I'm not sure how old Leo is, but he's he can't be much older than four or five years old. And he was ringing the bell. He's just completed his treatments, and as of right now, he's cancer free. And they should they you know he got a good standing ovation at the game last night. And wow. all all points aside, like hockey takes don't mean shit. It's good to see for him and his family that he's he's out of it at this point and you know he can focus on being a kid. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. <clears throat> yeah. And the other yeah. one was Bunting holding up the sign that said he plays for his mom. Aww. That one was really Aww. really touching. Tavares with his aunt always and oh so sad. You never know what's going on in someone's home life, right? So important to always be kind and uh, just one last note. Uh, this is kind of not a not a positive note, but when you thought you've heard the last of David Ayers, especially after a Carolina game, oh god, think again because his wife posted something today, or sorry, November fourth, saying that. It isn't a matter of it being hockey culture. It's a matter of people who are bullies and who have always been given a false sense of entitlement. People have tried to make themselves feel more inadequate, oh my God, by destroying others. Pretty much, apparently, he is a narcissist, abuser, apparently violent. He constantly gaslit her and called her fat and disgusting to the point where she went on this huge weight loss journey, currently at only 20 pounds and writing a book about it as well because of the abuses that she's faced from David Ayers. So, Jesus. Uh, yeah. That was, sorry, you said 20 pounds. Well, that's impossible. What, what right? was that line though? Um, she's lost 20 pounds and she's oh, lost a 20 book. pounds. Yeah. She's lost 20 pounds because of the abuses. And like, she, Jeez. she apparently was always called fat and disgusting. And you look at this girl, she's like a model, right? <laughs> like, um, oh, it's sad. David. Um, well maybe this disgusting piece of shit, uh, deserves some negative attention right now. And cause he was, he's always a savior, right? He's always like the, the guy who beat the Leafs, the D- Zamboni driver. This is a hero. But there's always something behind the doors as well. And I wish the best for Sarah and hope that um, she gets the proper help that's needed. And yeah, just super sad. And just a point that tied in from last night, uh, you know, being a famous hockey player, working in the industry gives you this, you know, false sense of entitlement, like she said on her post. And that's what makes these guys bullies at the end of the day. Uh, guys, that's guys. Yeah, Chris Johnson at reporter Chris just tweeted, "The Bruins have officially parted ways with Mitchell Miller." Whoop whoop. Okay. Like positive. Didn't you doing the weekend? Didn't even last the weekend. Okay, is this not exactly (laughs) how this played out last time? Like, what did they think was going to be different? I, I, this is a huge miscalculation on the Bruins and their PR. And I, uh, holy shit. Like I saw, and for anyone who's going to make the argument, I saw the statement that came out from his agent who made the points about the things that he's been doing, things he's been volunteering yeah. for. Um, great. Um, there's still a big gap in all that that didn't mention anything about um, the him accepting that, you know, saying that what he did was racist or a proper apology or uh, anything like that. Sure. He can go out and do his court mandated community service, but uh, I just, I don't, I don't see what the point of this was. This is a dumb, dumb weekend of news that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Honestly, uh, volunteering is not court mandated community service and all of these invites, apparently the special hockey's executive director states that Miller didn't even respond to the invites for all of these, I don't know, programs and such. This agent's trying to clear his tracks, but it just bit them in the ass because the other party is saying otherwise. So 
just brutal guys oh my god just so. so the what what i found came out of most conversations was that the only reason the bruins would have rushed to make this decision was that there were, were other teams interested um do you think somebody else picks them up now <laughs> hell no yeah like what i don't know this isn't even worth talking about been beaten to death over the last 48 hours and it ended exactly how it should have and how it did last time to absolutely nobody's surprise and just a correction to what i said last night about it he was not handed an nhl deal he was given just an ahl deal to providence um even still like (sighs) yeah the maximum of the deal yeah lovely but uh, no, I'm glad the Bruins took the step in the right direction. Finally, after the world came after them, <laughs> like what does it take to get to this point, right? The little uh, I don't think they can get for that. I, I don't think we've seen um, players on a team stand together against something management has done that united before. Like I don't, I don't recall hearing any single player or coach or like anyone, even Don Sweeney. He's the one that signed him to the damn contract, and he didn't even know why he did it. Like <laughs> from the Bergeron interview, the Felino interview, anything you've heard or read from any of those players that are in that room, they basically said this is a bad idea. We shouldn't be doing this. Which yet again, I despise the Bruins with every part of me but good on them. Yeah. And this is exactly why I kind of speculated in our group chat that I think this, there was a side deal of something like, uh, you know, swept under the books, like maybe Sweeney owed someone a favor and, or they're, you know, the guy's dad, for example, and he's doing him like doing him a big one. This is above Sweeney. This is ownership. Something, right? Because there is a a Netflix documentary about this kind of stuff when it comes to uh, admissions into U.S. universities. And I'm feeling like this is something similar where a favor was owed somewhere because it's not – this is so unlikely. Like, the coach had no idea. The players had – like, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. No. But guess what? That chapter is now – closed for the boston bruins uh as quickly as it was opened uh we got a couple minutes left let's end on something positive here instead of on um the lesser of the mitchell m's so um here's something positive go have fun in the khl you sack of shit all right let's never hear about this guy's name again okay exactly yes i didn't want to have to hear about it again the fact that we did is annoying but i'm glad it only lasted an entire weekend (laughs) yeah so um what uh, what can we end with i don't have anything for the last two minutes here but let's talk about something that's not shitty (laughs) (laughs) oh so potentially when we go home on tuesday um john Tavares could hit 400 goals do we want to make a little bet if he does like a, a little little friendly lln wager here between us why not deal yeah let's do it so um i because i was on i'm gonna force myself to take the uh he's not gonna do it because i set myself up for that in the preseason and i will um unfortunately just ride that for argument's sake in this um (laughs) i'm gonna say he's not gonna do it so what uh what's the if he does what do you guys want Hmm. what do i want i want y'all to pay me your fantasy dues (laughs) (laughs) i'm in the free pool i'm in the free pool (laughs) i didn't think i'd have to chase down anyone from this pod maybe the randoms but you y'all you're you're you know you're keeping me hanging so no win is to be for you. fair. <laughs> to be fair. To be I fair, it's lot. week four. <laughs> I'm I'm always busy, and I got home from a, a a long trip of work, and I've been helping take care of the family because they've been sick. That's why I haven't got around to paying yet. Okay, okay. 
I... just add me to your list of bills. Put me on that <laughs> e-transfer deposit, you know, like it's auto, so I take anything. I'm pretty sure like <laughs> Steph is no slouch and she works for the government. If she wants to, she will find us and she will break down our doors and beat the shit out of us. Where's my the money, government. Brian? Where's my money? Government, more like she'll just go into our bank account and take it. Right. I definitely uh, know where you all live. And I've seen the outsides of your homes. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna garnish our paychecks. Okay, but for real though, if um, if JT scores on Tuesday against Vegas to make it four hundred on his Korea, um, what's something I can send the three of you? Question mark Are you all in on this one? Yes, Timmy's for realsies. Timmy Hoes. I, th- I think he's getting it Friday against the Canucks. Okay, so Beaner's with me then. So if he does not get it, then you guys can uh, Uber Eats us. You can each Uber Eats one of us some Tim Hortons and vice versa. Deal. Hey, Bean, with the way Demko's been playing, Mulligan might hit 400. <laughs> hey, uh, Bean, You're not do you wrong. have Uber Eats in Norwich, Ontario? Uh, no, we do not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can send him a Tim's card. <laughs> I didn't think in, so. In the mail, and it'll get there in a couple of weeks. Yes. Yes. I uh, have some other things to send you guys in the mail, so it'll work out. Cool. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get out of here. We'll be back Tuesday after the Vegas game, where we'll yeah. see if JT hits 400. Thanks. Oh, I hit the video one. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Justin Pokestan.